Welcome to the podcast that inspires the American dream through hard work and adventure. Our wide range of guests will give you a unique insight into their crafts, professions, and experiences. So sit back, enjoy, and have a laugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Free Range American Podcast. Welcome to Free Range American. This is our first episode. Myself, Matt, and our number one guest, Aubrey Marcus. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, I, I mean, first guest. First I mean, guest I'm ever. Number one. But know, I but, say number know. one guest. It's true. It sounds, I mean, it's just, it yeah. sounds better, I They're think. both true, actually. First son I'm the first or number one and son? Number one, yeah. <laughs> number one <laughs> son. <laughs> I think you forgot Jared in the intro, but that's okay. I said Jared. Uh, I, I mean, said myself, Matt, Jared, well, Aubrey. Well, I mean... <laughs> It makes sense to forget Jerry because, like I was saying, he's getting a little bit ripped now. Like yeah, he's starting yeah. to build some muscle, and I'm, I was telling him it's, it's off brand. It's off brand a little I'm bit. Sorry, guys. It's off brand. Like if you keep down this path, people are going to be like, "Hey, man, yeah. like what's up?" I've just been outside walking with you guys on the river and like paddling and things so, like so that. Like so like mild physical exercise. Mild physical no, exercise, no. and you see. It. I don't buy it. I call bullshit. <laughs> I think you're secretly working out. I think you're secretly working out. I think you secretly like, are like doing healthy shit. No, no But he doesn't no, want to no. tell anybody no, about it. He's like me. on the cardio machine uh, uh, at no. 06 Fuck, and just yeah. reviews it. He's like, oh, check out this hot dog I'm eating. No, yeah, huh? yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm, I'm staging the gas station uh, smorgasbord every mm-hmm. morning. But I was saying, I'm like, I am the polar opposite of you. Yeah. In a, Maybe. In a health mind-body retrospect, I do everything that just should destroy your mind and body on a regular <laughs> right. basis. Performance dehancing. Yes. Yeah. You know, Rather than lots, performance I mean, enhancing. for instance, yeah. within like, like three days ago, <laughs> I had four gas station rib sandwiches in one city. Why? Because I love rib sandwiches oh, and people don't man. often Is have Is that like them. a McRib? Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much a McRib. Yeah. You so know it's, it's not like real rib meat, right? There's probably like a very small portion of actual rib meat a part of that. No, it said that it was prime. Mm. It's, it was prime it's mostly it's mostly prime dick rib. and lips and mm. like yep. vulva mm. of cows. Yep. Mm. They just throw it all in the blender mm. and mash it I together. Like yeah. Are you sure? It's not, it said prime rib meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> prime rib is different. Prime rib isn't even rib. It's Before we confusing. get into all the great stuff, I want to say Free Range American. So this is our new podcast. It's a spinoff of our last one. And the whole goal here is just to talk to absolutely amazing guests. And obviously, Aubrey's here on the first show. We love you, buddy. And you're an inspiring human. You're a successful human. And you have a completely uh, interesting perspective on life. So thank you for, so much for coming out in the first Appreciate show. Appreciate it. And uh, we're excited to bring some, some really good content to the the podcast world like we used to um so thanks for tuning in guys yeah that was a great intro that was that was better i think we should do three intros so we should do my intro which is very binary black and white this is who we have okay then yours is more a little bit more motivational than jared you can do one. yeah give us a free give us a free range american uh, intro intro. uh well ladies and gentlemen (laughs) welcome to free range american where we have our number one guest over here (laughs) number one there's there's no contest mr aubrey marcus who we're going to get into the the conversations that you want to hear yeah uh because this is quite an interesting fellow that has lived quite a lot of life uh up to this point and we want to hear about it um, so yes, a spinoff from what used to be called Black Hearted and went to Launch Code, and now here we are, free range American about Americans doing American stuff, like eating That's free range awesome. rib sandwiches. Rib oh, sandwiches, yeah. yeah, free yeah. range. They were two yeah. for three dollars. I couldn't pass that up. <laughs> right. And if you guys yeah. don't know Aubrey, um, 
which I'm sure you do, but you're the CEO of Onnit, mm-hmm. which is an amazing company. Um, I won't I won't say supplement company; it's a lifestyle brand, and I mean you can talk more about it. But we've actually done some joint venture stuff. We just recently relaunched Fuck Yeah Coffee Fuck yeah. with Onnit and an amazing Mocha MCT oil. So you know we're all about doing cool shit with cool people, and uh, you're one of them. So hell yeah! What's yeah. up with Onnit these days? How's it going? Man, it's living. The, it's the dream. You know, this is what I've been wanting. This is what I've been doing my whole life, and it's what I want to continue doing. Is just figuring out ways to get a little bit better at whatever it is I'm trying to do all the time. And on it is a company that's all about that. So, you know, that's the ethos, and it's just a playground for that. From the gym we have to the martial arts training facilities we have, the supplements, the foods. It's it's just like I get in, I get to go in and do the shit that I love. Like I'm sure. Like, obviously, this part of your story is you fucking loved coffee. You bought, you tricked people into getting a really expensive Italian roaster on your base and, like, got coffee going because you fucking love coffee. Now you get to come in here with your friends and have coffee. I get to go in there with my friends and work out and, like, do the things that I love to do. So it's it's the fucking dream. It's amazing that we get to make money doing the shit. That's why love. I'm never allowed to complain anytime I feel down on myself. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm literally driving 40 minutes into work to go see my best friends to roast phenomenal coffee, which I drink every single morning, and maybe shoot some guns or do some epic stuff. Make so, fun yeah. of each other. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's the funnest part. That's amazing, right? Like, how lucky are we? Really? It's easy to get that twisted, though. It's easy to still get down, even though ostensibly we're, we're actually living the dream. Oh, yeah. I think that every day, I think every day in this business, as we continue to develop and evolve, it continues to get better and better. And I think we talked about it on the, on our previous podcast, which was, I started to just chop out all the negative crap and start only focusing on the positive. And we talk about it all the time where if we just continue to bucket the things that continue to give you a positive ROI across the board, whether that's in your business, whether that's in your personal life you just slowly find yourself in a position where, wow, today was epic. Tomorrow's epic the next day. And you can only see amazing shit for weeks, years, and the rest of your life. It just gets more clear every day as to how we can live an incredible life. And I think none of us, when we were, when we I shouldn't say none of us, when we first started this, it's been such a challenge and, that's been incredibly satisfying and it's been very difficult. Like there's been a significant amount of difficult endeavors that we've had to take on, but we're now at the position with the company where we can really just focus primarily on what creates value in our lives, what creates, what creates value in the business. And then seeing your story has been, it's been incredible. I think from an outsider looking in, I was a fan of your brand before I met you, like way before I met you, uh, and I think, and then I read your book, so I think it's time for you to plug your book at least once yeah. or twice here. Which yeah, thank is, you for my service. Yeah. Available. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry, sorry. We're talking about Aubrey's book. Yeah. <laughs> New York yeah. Times bestseller, too. New York too. Times bestseller. Own the day, own your life. Basically, the idea is, like, the best day isn't a day where you're just focused entirely on doing only healthy stuff for you, only the best thing for you. Like, it's got to be a real day. It's got to be a day where you get to hang out with your family, where you have sex with your girl or your guy, whoever that is, where you have that glass of wine, where you work out, where you go to work. 
But how do you live that day, which is a repeatable day? Right. How do you live that day in an optimal way? So what are the practices you do when you wake up? What are the things you do when in the shower? What are the things you do when you get to work? What do you do when you eat? What is the kind of general, you know, food plan that you have, the foods to stay away from, the foods to go towards? How do you help your facilitate your connection? How do you wind down before bed? What are some things to think about when you're in the bedroom? Like take people through an entire day kind of collapse all of this on it knowledge of how to optimize living and put it into a single single day and then say all right look if you can do this one day then you can repeat it as many fucking days as you want i have, I have a question for you with all of that because something that i had early on in business with black rifle coffee and it was probably the most challenging thing that i faced is i like conforming to the psychology around me and having toxic and negative people around me and i was always kind of like becoming that negative person and it really took a lot of effort and emotional intelligence to make strides in being happy and healthy in my own brain where, you know, pretty much negative motherfuckers around me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to get them out of my life, you know, because I think as an artist and an emotional guy, I'm the dude and I've done it already and I have to train myself. I'll scroll past 300 five-star reviews that saying my book is the best book ever to find the one, one star, or the one, three star. <laughs> yeah. And I read it and I let it get to me other than greatest book I've ever read and all this uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, where's that negative one? And then I latch <laughs> onto it. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Matt? Like, I don't know this person. They don't know me. They just didn't like the content move the fuck on. And that's been really challenging for me. But, uh, now that we have such positive people around me consistently, like I've found that I live such a more healthy, healthy life. Do, do you, do you see that as well? well or? Look, there's, there's like, there's a biological thing that happens when you're around somebody with a negative emotion. There's something called mirror neurons, right? It's like a hardwired empathy that you have, a hardwired way that you sync up with the people around you. So if someone has oh, a really... Yeah, the way that you feel when someone's super negative... Yeah, it's, 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 it's fucking it's, hardwired. So yeah. if someone has a really negative emotion around you, the mirror neurons, you're actually going to mirror what they're feeling to a certain extent automatically in their head. So even if you have a strong mindset, you're going to have to overcome some of the challenges behind that. So trying to hang out with positive people and making sure that you're doing your best to do that is the most important thing you can do. But beyond that, all right, let's say you can't do that and you're going to be around a shitty boss because you need this job. You're going to be around a shitty person that you just can't avoid for a little while. Then you have to kind of lift your perspective to the point where you see beyond how they're expressing, but you see like the little kid, the little boy that was hurt, the little girl that was sad or the little like the person behind that adult that is like portraying the thing that they're portraying and they're usually scared or they're sad or they're hurt and that whatever they're doing isn't actually really where it comes from where it comes from was a sad or hurt little boy or girl and that allows you to have more compassion for them so you just actually have to see them in a different way and then that can help you move through it yeah that's funny he says that because i've seen somebody completely derail a negative comment by using that exact same like Somebody hurt you really bad along the way for mm. you to act like this. And then the conversation changed mm. immediately back into, you know, that's them coming yeah. out to it. Yeah. <laughs> I always say kill them with kindness, man. Every time, like, some of the comments are like, you're a piece of shit. I hope you die. I'm like, well, I hope you have a wonderful life. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, man, don't put that shit on me. Don't waste your breath, bro. What started your journey to be such like a in search of? psychology and understanding yourself and the people around you was that something that you've always been interested or did you make like a cognitive effort to go i want to know more about this fucking crazy world that we call life it's interesting you know i mean i think i had enough enough need because i don't think anything anybody does anything just because like 
I was just excited about this thing and wanted to do it. Like we have some kind of need to fix ourselves in a way. And I think I always had a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of a mind that was difficult to control. I remember having sleep issues like most of my life because my mind would just race and it was difficult to like get a handle on the way that my brain was thinking. And so that got me really curious. You know, I was always felt like I was curious. I wanted to solve problems and puzzles on the macro, like looking at things that didn't really make sense. Um, but it really kind of ramped up when I was 18, I went on a traditional vision quest, which was with psilocybin mushrooms out in the mountains with an old, old shaman. And I went on that vision quest when I was 18 and I was kind of like an angry atheist at that point and didn't believe in anything. And it was like kind of figuring stuff out. And, uh, I took the psilocybin. I felt my body completely evaporate into nothing and something else remain. You can call that thing consciousness. Some people would call that a soul. There's a lot of words for what that was, but it was something that was no longer attached to my body. And I went, oh shit, like there is a whole thing that I have to explore now. And that's really been a big part of my curiosity is not only fixing my own slightly neurotic, anxious, you know, tendency to be depressive, sometimes brain. And then the other part is that I've seen I've seen really fucking interesting things through my psychedelic medicine journeys that have got me really, really curious about what's going on, not only here in the physical world, but what's going on in the kind of universal world. Do you think that like an experience in psilocybin or something like that is similar to a near death experience? Because I know you just probably had a few in your life, but you had, you got in a really nasty wreck and, mm -hmm. and all could have died very easily with that. Because for me, I've never done hallucinogenics, but at least become so close to death so many times in my life it's like you look at death and you're actually thankful for it because it's the opportunity to live and so it really has motivated me just to like experience everything i can in this life are, are they similar experiences or they or not yeah they can have a similar they can have a similar effect right like both can actually engender a positive effect but they happen in a different they happen in a slightly different way one is showing you by contrast and one is showing you in, in a way by immersion you know like the the proximity to death gives you an appreciation for life by the contrast of well this is death now let me appreciate life because contrast gives you right. appreciation you but, wouldn't appreciate the sunshine without the rain exactly buddy <laughs> i think 50 cent said that or something. <laughs> and you know but a psychedelic experience actually emerged like you immerse yourself into a different alternate reality that's incredibly you know sometimes it's challenging and, and going through some traumas healing. and all, sometimes it's healing and sometimes it's incredibly pleasurable i mean i think i might have told this story on the last podcast when we recorded it, but if we didn't you know i was hanging out with a super bowl winning quarterback and uh you know we were talking about all kinds of things was it tom brady <laughs> <laughs> it one of one of the top ones <laughs> but i won't answer yes or no on that but he goes he goes hey man you know i fucking won a super bowl right and i was like yeah of course he goes you know what was more fun taking mushrooms with my friends on the beach and i go what the fuck man because <laughs> those are the, that's the best experiences i've had it's like skiing on a mountain on a little right. bit of mushrooms with my bed like my best friends and just laughing on the chairlift and then shredding and like yeah. looking at the laughing beautiful mountains and like that appreciation for life is something that i was i'm unable i mean i'm unable to really reach that without some help a lot of times and so that gives you like it, it kind of reinvigorates the senses and mm. gives you an idea of the magic of life. And, and even for someone who won the Super Bowl, he was like, shit, man. Like everybody thinks that's the best thing possible. Like all men, all I, dudes are like, winning the Super Bowl is best thing ever. He's I, like, nah. I completely, not to steal the conversation, guys, sorry, but I completely 
agree with that because I look at the book launch and it just came out this Tuesday and everybody was like, is it surreal? Is it awesome? I'm like, it just kind of feels like that journey's done. And it was almost sad because I look back at all the interaction I've had with my, my best friends and business partners and then writing it and then the drunk nights on vodka and telling these stories and being, <laughs> yeah. you know, talking about things that were scary to me and fun to me. Like that was the fucking fun part. And the book comes out and you're like, eh, well, what's next? Like, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to just sit there and like, Oh, look at me. I got cool numbers or something. I'm like, I want to go to the next fucking journey. Cause that's the fun part. So I imagine maybe that's like the, that's the Super Bowl you, thing. you start to appreciate the simpler things. And that's like, that's been one of the great lessons from it. Yeah. There's the big healing and these big moments and the visions of the dragons who talk to me about power. I've had crazy shit happen encounters with, you know, the, the world crusher, which was like a devil that was destroying worlds. Like I've had some crazy shit, but really overwhelmingly, like probably one of the favorite parts is just appreciating the very simplest thing so that a tree is no longer just a tree. You see it for what it actually is, which is all of these different intricate, complex cellular structures and networks of roots and the trees that absorb the sunlight and breathe in the CO2 and push out the oxygen. You're like, holy shit, it's a tree. <laughs> you know, where like normally you wouldn't even look at that the same way, you know? So I think there's shrooms in my LaCroix right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're feeling it. So that, so there's some advantages to it. Obviously you can do it recklessly. You can do too much, you know, you can like do it in a bad environment. Well, where, what do you say to those naysayers that go, cool, this like hippie drug guy is telling yeah. me how to live a happy life? Because I'm sure that there's people that, I, I don't know, but I, I'd imagine like I mean, that, that comes from indoctrination culture, especially in, in the U.S. You know, we, we, did, we created that that mindset on a lot of these and for what reason i mean yeah there's a essentially big we're saying hey if you go to school for this amount of time and you get this piece of paper you're allowed to tell other people that they could take this drug that was manufactured over there but that stuff that grows over there isn't okay what's <laughs> yeah exactly it's crazy it's, it's crazy. indoctrination it's, crazy. Fucking, like, it's fucking crazy but the science is actually now so we're in we're in the sec we're in the next psychedelic revolution because now it's being led by science right. so you have studies like the study done at johns hopkins where people are saying like something like 80 percent of people saying this is taking psilocybin one time was one of the top five life experiences they've ever had and then 40 percent of those people if i got my numbers right said it was the number one life experience they've ever had and that's doing it in a clinical setting they're just going over to a room at hopkins and just taking a little psilocybin and they're like this is the best shit that's ever happened to me in my life right and that's clinically that's clinically researched and then they also have the phase two clinical trials for anxiety and depression and so it's interesting because now there's science that's backing up some some of these reports where in the 60s it was just somebody with long hair and wild eyes being like you gotta try this acid man Hendrix solo so much better (laughs) yeah Yeah, and now it's getting quantified so what what's happening i guess in the in the psilocybin subculture i guess right now like when when we look at some of those states that have legalized it for instance you know i I guess kind of give us an education on what you're you're hearing within the subculture and what's happening in the united states is it getting more readily available or people being able to partake in it and in i guess legal or uh i guess not i guess even legal because in most places it's still illegal it's decriminalized in denver and in oakland meaning if you have some on you they're not going to throw you in jail got it they may be just like take it off you or something like that like right. but it's de- it's been decriminalized and i think that's a good trend yeah. in general but i think really the the biggest thing to look forward to is the phase 2 trials have been completed to actually right. legalize this medically 
And, you know, when it's legalized medically, I think we're going to be ensuring that it's going to be used in the proper context. And that's going to have the most benefit for the right. world, right? When you're actually healing, you know, depression and anxiety. And the same thing with MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, which MAPS is doing. Like, that's showing, in, showing it's curing two out of three, not, not helping, curing two out of three treatment-resistant first responders or soldiers who have treatment-resistant PTSD, right. curing them. Two that's out epic. Of three. That's fucking yeah. epic. And that's why it's been fast-tracked by the FDA. FDA is like, we actually have to move this through the system faster mm-hmm. because the need is so great that we have to make this happen faster. And they're going to open up compassionate care even before it's legalized, potentially within nine months. Right. So like this new movement is yes, there's going to be the experiential stuff where that Super Bowl quarterback and me are going to be like, I fucking love it when I'm skiing. And he's like, I fucking love it on the beach. You know, but really the the most important thing is it's going to be legally offered with clinical supervision and it's just going to really help heal the world. That's great. The funny thing is I remember hearing about this. I don't know if you were the same, but I knew several guys probably a decade more than a decade ago that were traveling to the amazon or they're traveling to peru and they were actually taking on different psychedelics and when i say psychedelics i'm lumping them in because i'm fairly uneducated Mm -hmm. um but they were seeking those things out based on the problems that they were experiencing so it was psilocybin it was a combination of different things whether it's been thc over the years uh so many, unfortunately, and I think you're, every one of us can, can testify to this, is that most of the veterans that we know that, that have issues, they self-medicate through alcohol, which is probably one of the worst things you can utilize in order to try to help yourself. Mm-hmm. But they do it, and they get into a, a, a constant rotation of, I've got to sleep because they're having sleep issues. They're trying to drink so they can go to sleep. And then yeah. they're hungover, and then they continue to repeat the cycle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very, very negative. You know, one of my personal stories is that I was having such acute sleep issues, and it wasn't nightmares. It was I could not sleep, and it was years. This went on for several years of my life, where it was three to four hours of sleep a night, which is not enough, not even close to enough. And Washington made uh, weed legal. And I went up to Seattle and I was like, you know what? I, my back was against the wall. Like I couldn't, I couldn't train effectively, you know, mentally I wasn't really there. I wasn't conscious. I wasn't interactive with my family. I was really having a hard time in business. And I was like, I've got to be proactive and take some measures. So went up and did some research and I was like, okay, so this is what I need to take. And it was the first night of sleep that I had had in I don't know years probably two and a half three years where I slept for almost eight hours if not more I woke up the next morning and I was so happy that I this sounds a little bit weird but I actually started to cry because I didn't know what it felt like to get a full night's sleep oh man I didn't know my body had gotten so used to sleep deprivation and I was so I indoctrinated into this, this mentality that you can't use anything other than, you know, what are this, what are the common sleep drugs that people use? Ambient, melatonin, Ambien. alcohol. I can't use <laughs> yeah. Ambient. Ambient's like horrible for me. I, I can't stand it. It's horible Xanax, for me. Yeah. I've tried it. It didn't work. I tried 
all the over-counter and pharmaceuticals that I could and none of them because they would put me into this haze for almost two days where I couldn't wake up. A THC edible was the only thing that put me down and I woke up the next day. I got a, I got a great workout in. I felt like a freaking monster the next day where it was like eight hours. Oh my God. My body responded to that. Like a plant would with water after being in the, in the, in a desert or something like that. It was so incredible, but it actually gave me light to where, Oh, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a solution to my problem. And it doesn't have to be something that I'm using every day. It just has to be something that I know is a tool in my kit bag. So when things get bad, I can go, all right, I can get some sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's what the, all of these different plants and different medicines have the opportunity to do. It's like a single point where there's a radical paradigm shift on how you look at the world. Right. You know, when if like you're going through the world and you're like, fuck, everything sucks, everything sucks. And then you have that one mushroom experience where you're like, everything is the coolest thing I've ever fucking experienced in my life, then you could be in five years of depression beforehand and just wondering like, man, maybe I should hit the reset button. You know, maybe I should just fucking check out of this bitch. And then you have that one experience where you're like, it's so amazing. And then it like just changes your mentality. Not that you'll never get depressed again, maybe, but you know that there is something different, you know, like some way that you've looked at the world in a slightly different way. Just like that moment where you looked at it and like, it is possible for me to sleep. And then the whole world had a different hue. Is that why you keep taking business trips to Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> I got this meeting in North Hollywood. The psilocybin <laughs> awakening. Like, and how uh-huh. I explain it is for the first time, you know, even when it's your best friend, when you're, when you're venting your problems, you're always airing them on your side, you know, to kind of justify what it is that's yeah. going on. So when I did it, it was a third party point of view of myself without any fiction Mm. and it was fact and i woke up out of that and and came started going okay you have all this equipment that you've spent all this money on you have you have the ability to learn this stuff but what are you doing every day to get to that goal that you want to be in hollywood making movies what are you doing every day to do that you're not doing anything you're drinking like you're (laughs) shitty and you're complaining that you don't have success but what are you really doing you're coming home from work and you're drinking Mm. and it was coming out of that that i kicked it in gear and started a whole new a whole new kind of schedule of i'm I'm doing three to five tutorials a day on photoshop video editing animation photography everything like that i'm gonna do projects that push me into a direction that push the skill you know to jump a different skill so i completely accredit it to my first big solicitor. yeah and and that point you made about it it comes from you which is like which is so much more powerful if someone you can't can, lie to it if someone, yeah you can't <laughs> lie to it for one and if someone came up to you and was like hey jared what the fuck are you doing to make movies man you'd be like yeah, fuck you hey, man hey. like 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 don't you tell me what to do you get like, defensive oh, I got all this stuff yeah you know like this. you make you make excuses yeah, but when it's you doing but it when it's you. your own voice being like <laughs> Hey, bro, like, I know you because I am you. That's what it <laughs> you know? comes down to. Yeah, it, it right. really, that's what really facilitates the change because there's no resistance point. There's no, ju- it's just you, you know, and it's like, a, it's like a, just a better version of you guiding the and normal version of too, you. Like, I feel like it's almost like a defrag where yeah. your brain is a fucking hard drive and you have all these experiences and memories that are all over the place and you, you do the right dose in the right setting it smooths it all over, pushes it in where it's supposed to be, and you wake up feeling fucking great. Yeah, and again, the right dose, right setting, I can't stress that enough. Yes, don't go right. fucking wild and eat no. a bag. No. You know, like no, minimum no, no, no. effective dose. Why don't be in a hurry? 
And you know, don't like, be in a, don't be in a, a fucking hurry or in a big public place Noise. and be like, ah, I'm, I'm doing it today. You're like half cocked on a fucking <laughs> half bottle of Jack. Like, <laughs> like, don't do it then. You know, like chill, like find a good spot in nature and do like a small dose. Feel what it feels like. Like you got time, you know, like don't need a like, like ah! well, if you had this experience where you can comprehend more than one conversation if there's a, a crowded room and it starts driving you crazy. Yeah, because you're listening to four conversations and your head's processing all four at the same time, and you start going, you start, you start getting crazy. And that, and that's again, like, the, make sure the setting depends on your dose too. Like, know, like, how if you're by yourself or with your best friend and you're in camping in the woods, maybe you can edge it up, you know, two grams, three grams, edge it up there. But if you're gonna be out in a place, maybe it's a fucking half gram, and you just feel a little nice little buzz in your body, or one and light, gram, or, and light just gets just make more sure, just make sure you're fucking sensible, you know? Because I've seen people break, and they have whole camps for it. Like at Burning Man, they have a camp called Zendo, you know, where it's where everybody who t- does too many psychedelics goes and is like, ah, everybody's trying to kill me, and I'm all fucked up. I call that the normal, you know, where like everybody gets <laughs> all fucking paranoid, and they like think everything's broken, and there's a big conspiracy. Like that shit happens when people take too much, and they're just not responsible with it you know so just be mindful it can be incredible but so it's a difference between like a nice forefinger of scotch and then butt <laughs> chugging a bottle have you gone to the break point i mean intentionally i did too right. yeah. intentionally I, I started wanting to study it and i pushed myself to that horrible point and then figured out how to get myself out yeah and you know and when you do that as an experienced person like i finally took what they call the heroic dose of mushrooms 15 years after 16 years after my first dose you know so i kind of what's a heroic dose that's typically anything over five grams is what terrence mckenna calls it it's full ego dissolution so it's the point where like when i did it i was it was out in the middle of the day with some really experienced people and uh we were it was funny because we were like clicking sticks to stay in like in connected rhythm and then all of a sudden all the sticks disappear everything and i just melted into the sun and all me and the sun were the same fucking thing (laughs) we were just geometry like bright geometry that's all there was and then i come to again and they're still clicking the sticks and i just start howling with laughter i'm like you guys are still clicking the sticks (laughs) and then as soon as i said that i was like i watched them my buddy kyle was there and I just see his face go, oh. I was like, ah, I knew you fucking couldn't, couldn't click those sticks forever. <laughs> you took the same dose as me. And then, and then from That's there, funny. it was all that. But it's usually like a lot of, you know, when you're ready for it and you're in the right environment, it's, it's a lot of laughter, too. I laid in a basket seat and felt like I was 35 feet down and couldn't get out. Yeah, couldn't get out, couldn't move for fucking two hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't sound fun to me. I'm just gonna no. Throw it was terrible. There's some you feel like not this is thing. never gonna end. You're like you feel like you broke your brain and this is now forever. That's like when someone <laughs> tries to eat an edible and they're like, "Oh, have some more, have some more, have some more," and then they're pinned to the ground. Yeah. Like, all right, buddy. Uh, all right, all right, I will tell you this too, though. I've done every psychedelic pretty much there is, from ayahuasca, iboga, wachuma, which is the San Pedro cactus, mescaline derivative. I've done, you know, mushrooms, MDMA, LSD. I've done all of them. There is nothing fucking worse than eating too much weed. <laughs> really? Like flat out. And like people say that all the time. Like I ate too much weed. I can't do psychedelics. I'm like, bro, that's, that's the, the hardest thing. That's as bad as it the possibly gets. The worst. The, and it never ends. And you're anxious as fuck. And it's like, 
it's it's terrible like it is it is one of the worst experiences when you push that too far and like like you're saying when you have the right amount of the edible maybe you go to sleep and have a nice rest and like i took too much of an edible one time when i was trying to sleep before a hunting trip in hawaii i woke up in the middle of the day and it felt like one of those fun houses you know where like the ceilings start spinning and you're trying to walk across the bridge but you lose balance because you have no reference i was like banging into the walls at like 4 a.m and i was like Oh fuck! I got to get up in three hours and try and hunt fucking sheep in Kona. Like, this is going to be a nightmare, you know. So like, be be mindful that all of these things at a certain dose are not going to be helpful anymore. I think that's sage advice. I think that's sage advice. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's anything in life, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's so everything within moderation. And honestly, do your research. Do your research. Like I. I, I can honestly say it was probably a good, I don't know, year of decision-making. Because I was coming out of a job where, you know, I have a TSSCI. Like, I, you know, it's so criminalized as far as even THC. Demonized. It's demonized. Uh-huh. You know, it is so criminalized. Like, you, it just the, the psychological weight of trying to figure out if this is going to benefit me or am I just going to be a quote-unquote dirtbag now because i'm doing this for my own personal health like which is insane when i started really thinking about it yeah it was insane for me to go through so much uh mental gymnastics over something that was literally so beneficial to Mm. me and looking back that literally that next morning i was like i don't give a shit i don't care what anybody says yeah but that's i think in the military and then especially if you're holding clearance it's yeah it's so uh demonized as you said i was the same way man like when i got even have stopped being a contractor I like the girl I was living with. I was like, it's disgusting. Every yeah, time she spoke it, weed, I'm like, it took we're you just going to sit time. there and eat Cheetos and be a loser? Like, <laughs> yeah. that was me forever, yeah. dude. And then, and then, yeah, but it's obviously what works for you, trial and error and all that shit. But so. it was indoctrination. Once you realize that, that you were, yeah, there's you a lot were programmed of, a lot of bad to advice. think that way. Yeah, and judging her as I'm slamming a half bottle yeah. of Jameson. Like, <laughs> have fun, liver and kidneys. Uh, yeah. Wait, I have to go back to one thing. Yeah. Is does butt chugging get you drunker than regular yes. chugging? Yeah, it's just like yes. because you have so much blood vessels down there. I, I'm not a scientist, and I'm gonna fuck this all up. But yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. Like I know kids in college, it was cool. They were butt chugging. A lot of them were dying because you can't metabolize it. And I know at least through your stomach, you start to get sick and you'll vomit. Once you absorb that through the the old b hole, the keister, the uh, prison wallet, whatever you want to call it, you're done. A lot of kids were dying. Don't do it with Nyquil. I had to replace the Shut bathroom. up. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, Don't do it with anything. Yeah, there was a know, trend man. there where they were yeah. soaking tampons and like at frat houses and sticking them up there and be like, fuck up, bro. I'm like, just drink it, man. Like, yeah. wow. let's not kill each other here. Like, you're supposed <laughs> to have fun. People are fucking crazy. Are fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sure we are crazy. To They're going to find you know, But people are awesome, too, though. You yeah. know, I was, I was talking on my podcast recently and I was talking about sometimes big companies, they'll put out like invitations for people to vote on like a how to name a new thing right and so the uh in like canada i think it was burger king or one of the like canadian burger companies that was out there it was like name our new burger and the burger name that won was quarter pound her from behind oh wow <laughs> and they were like nope can't the whole fucking country voted on quarter pounder from behind <laughs> and then like fucking sweden this and this one actually and then so sweden offers they have like a brand new boat and the swedish navy's all fucking stoked on their new boat and they're like all right swedish people uh, we have the pride with the swedish navy now available what should we call it and they named it 
Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing the USS Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. Swedish Navy Bodie McBoatface. Yeah, it's like, we have Bodie McBoatface coming in hot loaded with cruise missiles. Ready, like, I love that. It's like the anti piracy yeah. ship called yeah. Bodie McBoatface. Bodie face, Bodie McBoat face <laughs> is coming in into Somalia and wow. wrecking wrecking other ships. You know, <laughs> that's the internet is just like the conglomeration of crazy people Nonsense. that are creative <laughs> that came together for like the best troll ever. And you know, like <laughs> yeah, they just totally. fucking that's like Reddit. Like what a dark place. I, oh. I refuse to even go to that website. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you okay? We, yeah. You okay? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Maybe we need to get you an edible. Yeah, we don't want some PTSD. Right. Yeah, I've no. had some residual effects from Reddit. <laughs> it's. I mean, there's some gnarly. There. There's some gnarly cesspools where again it's like people get hurt and then they want to hurt hurt people hurt people you know what i mean like you get your feelings hurt on there you're like okay i get the game you know this is a this is a pit of snakes right so i think i still have your 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 podcasts i always my motivation is how do i laugh and come more and that really is what drives me in everything i'm like but can you make me come no but can you make me laugh by the way and that's why i love evan so much he he lets me do both Both. you know double whammy have a business proposition for all of us i think I, i came up with this idea the other day there's no retirement home yet for like our generation of people. And uh-huh. what if we started one in Nevada where you started to pay a stipend per year now, but when you reached 70, you came to our retirement home that was full of legal prostitutes. No, I love this. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is great. Did because, you imagine the dude, people that we, would opt into this? Mm, yes, we okay. we opened a center in Vegas and it's just called Living Large and Old. And yes. it's just like, because when you're 80, who cares, dude? Who like, cares? You can yes. just, just get drunk, high, whatever That's you want to do. Like, and you're, we do it you're in kicking, the outskirts of Nevada. Yeah. yeah. It's full of prostitutes. Like, <laughs> the, the light at the end of the tunnel is coming soon, right? Yeah. It's all coming for us. But if you're that old, who gives a fuck? I know. But that's the purpose of life, right? Kind of live like you're 80 with no social constraints as long as you're like loving people and not hurting them. Like, I think you universally you, change man. the marriage vows till really old do us part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> till really old do us part. Hey, I'm going to those guys' retirement home. It looks really funny. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go see Grandpa? Last time we saw him, we had two 22 year old girlfriends. When you're fucking 30, 30, you know, your girl's going to be like, all right, fine. When you're 80, do whatever. Think of the yeah. market. At 79, they now. might get a little nervous, but, you know, hey, no yeah, worries. Exactly. They might be there too. It might not just be for just males, some fucking you know? just strong gigolo game yeah, in, yeah. in a neighboring <laughs> it's a nice apartment. pool it's <laughs> that goes both clean. ways right yeah. you'd probably have like yeah, the old lady it's both. like Roger we've been I, married I for 32 we recent, years I want to suck a big dick yeah. you're like hey you're 80 dude we Do recently you. found yeah. out that one of the largest like just outbreaks of STDs are inside uh, retirement homes yeah. I had no yeah. clue God bless their souls like so Get it. I mean Old yeah. age is going to kill you before yeah. AIDS when you're 80, probably. Yeah, I mean, they like, don't it care. might hurt your immune system a little bit, but you know, who knows? I'm not a doctor, obviously. I mean, who was that? Because they told us like this one couple, like had, they they both had amnesia or something. They forgot why they broke up and got back together. Or like <laughs> every cute. every day, like Groundhog Day with the worst with the worst yeah, girlfriend like, oh, ever. Who are you? You're just so attracted to them, but you're terrible for each other. So you break up every day and then forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> The nightmare. That's like the next notebook. It's just like they, they, <laughs> yeah. they broke up over some stupid shit and they forgot about it and then yeah. they got back together and just oh, like man. laughed and come. This is so funny. Freaking great. I, I, I think there's a market. So with, with your history and kind of your, your personal history with Onnit, how, how old is Onnit? 2000, July 2011 is when 2011. we launched Alpha Brain. That's really when I count it. And you've you've been in contact with so many people. I think before and then after. You know, you you mentioned Terrence McKenna. Mm-hmm. Did you have a chance to meet him before? You- no, Dennis McKenna, his brother. Though I've done a podcast have with you his really? brother. Yeah, yeah. So these influential people that come into your life, and I'm sure you've met 
I mean, thousands of people, obviously, yeah. but you've had the chance to meet some s- incredible human beings. Truth. Who have you looked to that's really kind of changed your life in positive or negative ways along the way? Well, I mean, obviously, Joe Rogan was one of the first, right? right? You know, like he was one of the first people who was talking so radically, honestly, and openly about everything. And like combining that blend of, yeah, I'm going to do yoga, I'm going to do psychedelics, and I'm also going to, you know, I'm also like a black belt who used to kick people in the head, and I love the UFC, and I'm a, you know, jujitsu black belt. And like he had the whole gamut, and he's just fucking savage in the gym. And like he had this whole gamut of, spirituality mixed with physicality mixed with aggression mixed with meditation and and then a hyper common sense outlook on life yeah exactly of, of so why so that so he was the first person i was like oh shit you know this is really what i really want to exemplify in life right. that we don't have to be one or the other you don't have to be just one side all ufc aggression right. or one side all spiritual monk you know life like our birthright is everything. So mm-hmm. that was like a really key, important figure. How'd you guys meet? So <laughs> interestingly, so I had a marketing company mm-hmm. and my client was my stepdad's company, the Fleshlight. That's right. Which is yeah. the fucking little yeah, fake flashlight yeah. that you fuck. Yeah. And I really wanted to meet Rogan because I'd been following his uh, comedy tour. And like as soon as I saw his comedy show, I was like, holy shit, he's talking about everything that I'm interested in. And he started a podcast. And this was way early in the podcast days. When we're talking like 2008. (laughs) Small show called the Joe Rogan Experience. (laughs) Just started that. He's with Brian Redband. He's in a little studio. He's just fucking. And there was no advertisers. His podcasting was new. There was no advertising. So I approached him. I was like, Hey man, like, uh, do you want to talk about the fleshlight? We'll give you some money. Like if you want to do an ad on that. And he's like, yeah, I think so. Like, fuck it. Why not? You know? And, uh, so I was like, all right, well let's grab coffee. And then we ended up grabbing coffee. And then that coffee turned into a four hour discussion on aliens and super volcanoes and psychedelics. And then we got to be friends for like two and a half, three years, went on his podcast a couple of times. And then finally i asked him you know he became a partner in on it because i asked him i was like what supplement do you want to take the most right he's like all natural cognitive enhancer and i was like all right i'm gonna go out and try and make the best one that's ever been made and then he's like okay man and then i made it and then that was really the foundation of the partnership and that was alpha brain that was alpha brain okay gotcha. is that is that probably the product that you're most proud of throughout this journey or like right now if you could say this is my go-to it on it what's that i mean it's hard to fuck with alpha brain you know, yeah. cause I think it changed the, it changed the way we think about it. Cause you know, there's the stimulants side of things. I drink coffee every day. I love mm-hmm. it. I know that that's like something that's in my right. tool. It's in my tool bag. Like I know that that's there. Nicotine. That's another thing that's in my tool bag, but alpha brain is like a third category yeah. of something that elevates your neurotransmitters. It's like another thing that I have holstered and ready to go for my own cognitive performance, which is everything, you know? So that combined with new mood which is like the yin yang like those two are the ones that i think you know i'm most proud of the other ones are fun like the pre-workout ones like shroom tech sport uh, like really you know great research from uh, florida state university on high intensity interval training like we have some really solid products but alpha brain in the new mood that kind of up and down you know which is the original logo of on it is a right. arrow going up and down which was the alpha brain in the new mood one to heighten your you know cognitive ability the right. other like chill you the fuck out Interesting. When, when you've been going too hard. Hmm. And so, and then throughout this time, you've had 
how many products have you guys, could you even put a number on it? Like how many products have you developed over the yeah, years? Yeah. So, I mean, then we got into kettlebells, yep. you know, we got it. So we, we had a whole supplement line, you know, that we kept going, which is basically combining the best ingredients and into a common formula. So if you want something for brain, it's alpha brain. If you want something for mood, it's new mood. And if you want something for, you know, pre-workout, it's this like, so we kept combining and creating these formulas and testing them. So we followed that protocol and then we we're like, well, supplements aren't everything though. Like we want to be about really optimizing the whole human body. So we came out with a line of kettlebells, but we wanted to be different. So we sculpted it like those angry, we sculpted the angry chimpanzee kettlebell, yep. yeah, which those, became like our fucking flagship kettlebell. We had our whole primal bell series. And then from there we went to steel mace cause I was pretty deeply you know, enmeshed into the UFC MMA culture, partly through Joe and partly through my best friend at the time is Roger Huerta. And we we're all training with a lot of unconventional tools, ropes and then maces and clubs and kettlebells and all kinds of things. So, but those hadn't reached the mainstream. Like CrossFit was doing a little bit with kettlebells, right. you know, as it was going, but some of these other unconventional tools that we're known for. It was so small back. That was like Jim Jones. It was Jones still small. It was like, Jim Jones. Was like, yeah. Really, well, yeah. Because who's the uh, – Jeff Martone, right? He's like the main guy for, for CrossFit. I remember when he was doing it before he was the CrossFit main certifying entity for, for all their kettlebells, or kettlebells. And I met him down in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he was flipping this thing around. I was like, what are you – what are you doing? Like, what, what is that? That looks right. crazy. And how is that making strength? Then I had the opportunity to get hit by him in a, in a scenario. Cause we'd you pad up and get into these scenarios and you, you know, you get in your suit and I got hit by that guy in the house. And I was like, that guy is very strong. He is <laughs> very strong. He's a very strong human. It felt like what I would imagine a volt of lightning might feel like hitting your body. <laughs> so then I was like, I'm kind of sold on this, actually, because here's this guy. He's wiry as hell. He's really pretty thin, and he's sitting in the office, and he's, like, trying to open a can by squeezing it because he knows how many pounds per square inch he needs to put into this thing. He's sitting there just squeezing this can. I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like, just trying to open up this can. (laughs) 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 But I was sold, and that was, like... Gosh, man, that was probably 2003, 2004 yeah. when I ran into him. 2004, That's I think. That's the fun thing with fitness, though. It's like it's so overanalyzed, in my opinion. Like you have everybody – like you have to go to a gym. It's like, dude, you just really got to pick up heavy shit and move it in the way that you want your body to function. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. pretty fucking simple. Mm-hmm. Like a kettlebell – and I've said it a gajillion times. Like kettlebell and retention brands, it's like – all you fucking need to be decently fit. No doubt. It, it's just the work. I mean, if you go do 600 kettlebell swings, it's fucking God awful, but you have to be mentally tough to actually do it to get in response. Yeah, I mean, but. I think there was some old wisdom around that with like, first of all, the kettlebells come from dock workers in Soviet union, like right. lifting these weights that they used on the dock. The maces come really? from like 12th and 13th century Persia, where they were swinging them around. Cause they were used to swinging maces actually right. and swords in battle and things. So all of these have historical roots, but I think you go back even, to our history and you talk about someone like george foreman going in and chopping down trees as part of his training right it's that multi-planar strength rotation how do you throw a hook well you throw a hook by utilizing from your legs through your core through your arms finally through the extension through the triceps right and so all of that movement well you could mimic that by trying to chop a big ass tree down with a heavy axe or man shit man shit like that (laughs) like there's a there's a man strength is a real thing yeah and it's a real thing because it's you're training your body to do a bunch of different stuff 
You know, and I think that's what unconventional training is all about. It's just all about doing different things than you're than you're used to. So that in real life situations, like you got to hit somebody, or you got to move something fast, or you got to flip something, or you got to do something. You're fucking ready. There's always those fucking weird dudes. I'm sure you guys ran into them in the military. But, like, you know, I'm a guy that lifts every, six days a week and takes fitness super serious. But then you meet, like, the fucking ox from Idaho that was corn-fed, never lifted a traditional weight in his life. He just threw hay bales and swung axes. And they're, like, gorilla fucking strong. <laughs> yeah. You're like, who gave you that superpower? Like, like those are the toughest dudes and strongest dudes I've ever met in my life. They, like, grew up on farms. And that's all they did from the age yeah. of, like, four to 20 when they joined the military was – you know, swing axes, throw hay bales, and work in tractors. And you're just like, fuck. What? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to um, if we go back to Alpha Brain and kind of the development and looking at nootropics, and we talked about it a little bit, have you had a lot of experience in nootropics? Have you, have you tried some of these, mm-hmm. like, like Provisual mm-hmm. and some of those? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what would you say the differentiating difference is between some of them? Well, you look at like Adderall, New Vigil, Pro Vigil. Yeah. Those are all the pharmaceutical. Um, pharmaceutical, you call them nootropics, but right. they're very stimulating. Right. Like for me, I take one of those, like it feels like I'm on uh, speed. And okay. Adderall is actually one molecule different than speed, right. actually. So they're stimulating you and creating that kind of heightened sense of focus from like overstimulation. So I can't even take them because I'm sensitive to stimulants, you know, as much as I've appreciated the world's gamut of drugs. Like, right. you know, I try cocaine once and I'm like up for three days and reevaluating my life and being like, <laughs> I will never do this drug again in my fucking life. It is the worst, you know, like, and same with Adderall. Like there was the same, it was the same story, you know, on repeat again, like, oh my God, here I am not able to sleep for days because I wanted to crush this pill with my frat buddies and like, what the fuck? Like this was terrible. And, and then, you know, pro vigil, new vigil have a little more subtlety than, than Adderall. Um, but it's a different mechanism of action. And then when you look at something like alpha brain, we're looking at something that's inherently cholinergic. So acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter in the brain. And the neurotransmitters control a lot of our different function. Like, for example, alcohol, a lot of people don't know what alcohol is doing, but it's called a GABA agonist, which means it increases the amount of GABA you have in your brain, which is one of the four main neurotransmitters, GABA, serotonin, dopamine, and then acetylcholine. Now, acetylcholine, what we're doing is we're increasing the amount of acetylcholine in your brain through using these natural ingredients, which increases focus memory processing speed and we tested alpha brain with the boston center for memory double blind placebo controlled study to make sure that it was accurate and people you know showed better retention of words like better focus like a lot more clarity but there's no stimulants in it right zero stimulation so people you can take it at night like let's say you want to bang out some things before bed like you can take it at night it's not going to keep you up. It actually might give you some interesting dreams just because it has how long, a How long thing. does that enhance your transmitters there before that wears off? Yeah. So it's on, a, it's on kind of a bell curve. So for the clinical trial, we had them take it 45 minutes uh, prior, to, prior to actually doing the test. So that was what we felt like was peak because it takes about on an empty stomach because it takes about 20 minutes for a capsule to dissolve. Mm-hmm. And then the powder gets in and then the powder gets into the bloodstream pretty quick. Right. And hits you. So maybe 45 minutes to an hour is when it's going to hit and hit peak. And then it's going to roll for about four hours and then trail off. We'd have to do a full half-life study to see exactly when it's gone. But it seems like after about four hours, you're trailing away from the effects. And at six to eight hours, it's completely gone. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I've taken Science. a lot of it. I, I, I like it. 
So, I mean, obviously it's not a commercial for it, but I've taken a lot of it. I like it. I think, you know, as a, as a guy that's a CEO and also looking to enhance his physical and mental performance, you specifically is who I'm referencing, you know, you've had the opportunity to, to try a lot of these different things. Mm-hmm. You're trying to balance a lot of things too. Totally. So, you know, when your normal day, as far as like how you address your day and you've got to do some experimental stuff, I would imagine too, on a yep. regular basis. So how does Our product that develop meetings are weird as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're real. Yeah. They get real Go weird. On. Yeah. yeah. I, I want mean, to sit in one just for fun. <laughs> I, I mean, we're always experimenting with these different, you know, we have different compounds and we're like, what does this do? What does this do? What happens if we push the dose in this? Like right. how many times it's ended on us shitting our pants or puking or like <laughs> lying on the couch sweating. Like there's been a lot of times where we've been like, okay, well we learned the limit on this fucking thing. <laughs> Boss, you this know? one's going to be great. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Like you're fired, exactly. dude. Exactly. So our, you know it's uh we're always trying to feel so because that's the, that's really what on it's about too it's about we don't want to take supplements that you just imagine are good for you right. we want to take shit that people can feel right you know that, that makes it worth it and like it's not something that we're saying you need this i think so many people came out with supplements like you need this or you're gonna die right. we never say that like if you want this it's going to help you. Here's what it does. <laughs> it's going to help you. But if you don't want it, cool. Like read our information or like check out the book and like use sunlight and air and sex and like exercise and you'll be fucking mostly good. You know what I mean? But if you want to really like push the, push the boundaries and really optimize yourself. All right. Then we got like our multivitamin packs. We got all these different things that we can right. do. It's always so weird in the supplement industry now because I was talking to one of my buddies who does supplement stuff two days ago. And I, I don't really take stuff. I, my pre-workout is actually just like BCAAs and caffeine. So it's really basic shit. Mm. Um, but how much like caffeine, the supplement industry is like promoting these days. Like some of the pre-workouts are pushing like 600 milligrams of caffeine. That's like a near fatal dose. No, it's (laughs) just crazy. And I think some, I won't say the energy drink, but they're in a lawsuit as well. The 300 milligrams and the amount of uh, creatine that they're putting their bodies and people are drinking them like energy drinks, but then they're having two, three a day. So they're pushing, you know, 900 milligrams of caffeine and then whatever dose of creatine and their fucking kidneys are shutting down and shit. And just like, Ha, because everybody falls into that, like, savage, caution, maybe come fucking epic in the gym. I'm like, just just tone it down. Maybe get, like, yeah. eat a carb before the gym, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'll yeah. feel real fucking good, dude. Like, And so I, that's why I try to get out there a lot is, like, the supplement industry, dude, be very, very wary. Like, you have to look at the mission statement of the mm-hmm. companies, and that's what's cool about On It is, like, health and well-being and then performance is, the, is a subsequent thing with that, where a lot of the other ones are, like, that – fucking feeling of just intensity but like what are you doing to your insides and i'm not like the world's most healthy guy like i'll eat a cheeseburger and definitely drink but at least like what you're consuming is what you're made of so you gotta be careful it makes a huge difference and like be mindful that if you're buying something it has a shiny label and it's on top of a girl's ass in a bikini and that's where you found it like probably not good for you. <laughs> that's no, the only supplements not. I buy. Because <laughs> Megan at the supplement store said yeah. I'm going to look cool and yeah. she would date me if I took this. You know, that's that's but what you're talking about is really why supplements have that kind of bad name because it's just like a bunch of crap and a big marketing thing and just kind of a ton of white labels bun- rather yeah, than the science and a bunch like, of and a bunch of caffeine and and that, that stuff is definitely the direction we don't go, which is why I think so many of the athletes you know, have really been drawn to using our product line. Like so many of the guys from the Chicago Blackhawks and all these different, every major sports organization, obviously the deepest in the UFC, but everybody's hitting us up to 
use on its supplements. We test it, make sure that it, there's no banned ingredients. And then we also allow people to, we don't put caffeine in almost any of our supplements at all because we want people to like use the cap. There's tons of dope ways to get caffeine. Yeah. yeah. Like you, if you want caffeine, like fucking go get it. Like we don't need to put it in you all You can literally shit. buy powdered caffeine that doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. And then just like toss it into one of your favorite Whatever beverage. you it's want like it to be. 50 milligrams of scoop, pop. Yeah. You want to yeah. fucking make a caffeine smoothie? Fucking go for it. You want to make a fucking snore? Whatever you want to do with caffeine, like do it. You don't need it in, it, in your supplement. Is there caffeine in your pre-workout though? I'd imagine. No. What? Not. So we have three different pre-workouts, none of them having caffeine. Can you like just send me a full trial? Just go buy yeah, it. Yeah. For sure, man. Everything. So, all right, the three different ones. One of them is called Total Strength Performance. That has the BCAAs. We tested that on powerlifters who are actually part of the rugby team at Florida State, and they increased. They got stronger way faster than the control group. So it actually increases strength through both. You know, we believe hormone optimization, but also the BCAAs and the recovery aspect. No, no stimulants in that. Beta alanines in that. So it gives you that nice little, little tingle. Little, little tingle. And then we got our nitric oxide formula, which is freaking ridiculous because that increases the blood flow to the muscles. All the pump. So you get like the most ridiculous pump. It's like the the best before and after. If you want like a fucking before and after photo, like that's the one. Helps your performance in the gym too. And then there's the Shroom Tech Sport, which is based largely around the cordyceps mushroom. That's why it's called Shroom Tech. And it's more of an endurance, high-intensity interval training product. Again, we tested that at Florida State and found you know benefits against uh, against placebo. So it's got the science behind it, but none of those. We have decaffeinated green tea in the Shroom Tech Sport just for the uh, antioxidant power mm. that it has in there. And so none of them have caffeine, which is really cool because interesting. I, I will I will I will basically take the pre workouts and then. I'll have like, I'll go by, we have a little cold brew machine. Hey, we should, you guys should fucking hook us up with a cold yeah. brew machine. Yeah. 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 Done. Okay. All right. Done. done. Uh, anyway, so I'll go, <laughs> I'll go through that and I'll like take a, take a little cup of the cold brew out of our keg and I'll have that with the pre-workouts because the pre-workouts don't have any caffeine and right. I like a good like 60 milligrams of caffeine when I'm getting in there. It gets me a little more feisty when I'm in there and fucking I'm good, but I can meter that out just based on like how big a cup I want to chug before I go in there. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing I do. I literally 25 milligram scoops that I just moderate based off of yeah. how I'm feeling. I usually sit around like 120. That's why like when I heard people were doing 600, I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to do to yourself, yeah. man? Like, I'd be in the gym like, like I actually have to go to sleep uh, yeah, I would, if I do yeah, too much caffeine. If I do too much, like if I have two cups of coffee, I'm ready to take a nap. Like if I go back That's to a back, weird thing, right? Yeah. It, like, well, I don't understand that. I, I think it's because a caffeine load for me, like, you know, I run... In the mornings, I'll run like a, a 480 gram cup of coffee at a 116 ratio, which is I know about how much caffeine I'm going to get, which is about 200 milligrams of caffeine. It's roughly what I'm going to get before I go for a run or do something. But one of the greatest things I took away from from you was I think on one of our first shows you were talking about, you know, little a big glass of water with some Himalayan sea salt mm -hmm. and some sunlight just to get things moving. And that's something I've completely taken into my life. And that's almost every day now for shit. I think for the last year, that's what I've been doing. Huge help, like huge help. Wake up after a good night's sleep, yeah. drink a lot of water, take some sea salt in the water, 
and then I kind of get out into the <laughs> into the sunlight, have some caffeine. Man, I'm ready to fucking roar. Typically, I call Matt, and I'm like speaking yeah. at about 3,000 so, miles so I, don't need, I don't need caffeine in the morning since he's such an early bird, and he'll call me at like 7 right when my morning starts. He's like, all right, dude, so what we're going to do is we're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just I'm hanging out, man. He's like, all right, so check this out. Space. We can actually go to space. Like, all go right, to space. <laughs> you know, I actually, We should... We should joint our space program with on it. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. We, we got a retirement home. We got a space program. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got yeah, some yeah. coffee. We're we planned on we're doing just we're doing entering cool the space shit. race against Elon Musk and let him know that we were launching a space program and we think our rockets are better. Yeah. And uh, Gary, Gary Busey's going to head that head up engineer. for us. Yeah. He's yeah. Our head engineer. That's the right pick. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, right no pick. one will be on this rocket because it's <laughs> going to explode <laughs> in the air. Did you see Gary out in the parking lot with a welder? I got it. Yeah, <laughs> man, I got this fucking rocket, man. I got hey, it. I mean, I guess that's where you've got a lot going on, man. Like, and that's one of my one of my questions is you've got so much going on, and I know that what I have going on, which is I feel like it's a scale most of the time. Like my life sits like a, a multi headed scale, mm-hmm. and if I put too much weight on one of those arms, things get out of whack. So. For you, you've got your business, you've got your family, you've got your personal life, you've got your book, you've got. Are you still doing some public speaking too? I would imagine, yep, right? Speaking. So, like, how are you? There, so, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on. But the thing that you mentioned that I don't have, which is probably one of the advantages, is family because I'm single now. Oh, so I have. So he I really have, just wants to put that out uh, there. Uh, uh, Marcus, uh, six three, uh, super uh, handsome, uh, Jack Seagull single. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still, I'm still seeing, I'm still dating people, right. and like, I actually still have a great relationship with Whitney, who I was with for seven yeah. years. But so much of my time was devoted to intimate relationship, you know, and and all the stuff that I had to do, which is a book launch, which is on it, which is my podcast, which is like two daily Instagram posts and weekly newsletter, like right. all of these different things that I was doing. It was pretty overwhelming. But now I'm seeing some space open up because even though I'm still hanging with people, it's like. I can go three, four days where I have no social company and no obligation to entertain anybody. Because when you live with somebody, you know, like you get home and they haven't seen you all day, like it just right. feels kind of shitty to go right. like, good to see you back to work, you yeah, know, here. Yeah. So I feel like I have a lot more capacity kind of opening up, which is exciting for me. And I'm like looking forward to figuring out, you know, which direction I'm going to push that into um, and see what I want to do. Well, who's your who's your go-to guy at, at on it? Like, who's your, do you have a, do you have a, do you have a right? Yeah. Hand? Jason Havey, our yeah. COO. Yeah. He's your guy the hand. Yeah. over there. The hand. Is he the sure. hand? He's the yeah. hand. He's cause he's got the right heart. Right. You now he used to run a huge hotel, which on it's an interesting conglomerate cause it has the fitness center and has the foods that we offer, has all the different yeah. distribution and all that. So he used to run a, a giant hotel and came in and he just has the right. And that's hospitality industry too. So right. he knows how to like, squash the problems too so i used to be the guy when like employees would have beef with each other i'd have to sit down and be like okay let's hear out both sides and he's able to handle that with our hr team now but he's the guy that all that escalates to so that took a huge weight off me too because he's just great at that and he right. just carries that same that same kind of love in his heart that that i do which is really like pretty crucial to keep the whole thing going and how long has he been with you like five years now oh wow, oh, wow. okay that's great. yeah yeah. So and he's and he's a he's a to the end kind of guy, right? You know, like this this actually he got, interestingly enough, you know, talk about some of the interesting things that happened on plant medicine. He was in a plant medicine journey in Peru, 
and got a message, got a download, you know, which is like yourself talking to yourself, like Jared was saying. And the download was, I have to go work for Aubrey and on it. And he was, he had his dream job. You know, he was the general manager of the hotel that he'd always wanted to be the GM of right. at his dream job. So he hits me up and he's like, Hey, I'm the GM of this huge hotel. I just hosted Barack Obama and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I got a message that I need to come work for you. So I'm willing to do anything. And I'm like, he's like, I was like, all right, well come out and fucking, I don't know what job we have for you. Cause I wasn't looking for a COO then. Right. I wasn't looking for, you know, someone to take that role. And, um, he came out and people were like skeptical because obviously like he was called to us from an ayahuasca journey, right? right? It's not like the usual job recruiting. Yeah. It's not a fucking <laughs> yeah. commercial where we like scoured the right resumes, yeah. but he's been, you know, the greatest blessing that's happened and, and come to that and, and risen to that position. And he's the perfect dude. So it's very interesting. Like what, things might happen it, and what might appear so fitting for your company that it is, the that's right. of your yeah. COO awesome yeah. was through it's been, it's been proven five years five, five years five years, five years yeah. yeah like that's freaking awesome and the bond of that is like it's it's beyond just the work like we know we know that like we're we were we're here together to do this to the end because that's what we're supposed to do right you know we're going to see this thing through no matter what, like there's never been a question. What, what is that? Like when I, when you say see it to the end, what, what does the end look like for, for on and Aubrey? If, if there is, it's an interesting question. You know, I mean, I think that I find myself once I've like pushed out all of my best information, right. It becomes a little bit less appealing to keep doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a comic needs to have new material and a new joke, you know, and like once you've like written one book, you want to write the next book. Um, so although on, it's always going to be a big part of my life and my passion and because it's about the body and like, we can't go anywhere without the body. This is our home. You know, I find myself more drawn into mentality issues, relationship issues, like community issues, different things along those lines. So we'll see, you know, if we found the right, if we found the right parents, you know, and the right people who could kind of take over, or maybe it's just Jason who elevates and takes my seat as CEO. And I just kind of sit back and hang out on the board and do my own thing. Like I could see myself being less involved at a certain point and whether that was some kind of change of control with the right hearted parents or whether that was just allowing the internal team, which is getting better and better to kind of step forward and me to step back. I see that probably happening just because my own curiosity and interest is going to steer me into other non-physical related things. I mean, I'm always going to work out. I'm always going to enjoy that part, but I want to talk about mindset and I want to talk about relationship and I want to talk about fucking building a tribe. But the good part about that, I think, is to step away from the not mundane per se, but the what the company is doing right now and become more of a brand strategist in the sense of living life, having new learnings that will always be attributable back to the company. No doubt. Because I think we felt that in a way where if you get in that kind of monotony of just the same thing, same thing. And it's so hard for a brand or a business to grow without new experience. And so when you go out and pick up archery and you pick up these different hobbies, it allows you to look back at your company and be like, well, this is actually kind of what we want to do with it. Uh, You know, and Mm -hmm. and it gives you that experience that you can put back into the company. So I think that's, it all helps. I'm sure it will will definitely help on it with that. Yeah, it all helps. I mean, and some things are like a little, little swerve, you know, like I had this, I don't know if we have time or have any interest to get into it, but I had, you know what we could call an open relationship experiment yeah. for five years, which yeah. was fucking, I just got smashed 
in this. I won't <laughs> say it unless you say it, but you, you said a statement to me in, <laughs> on it that stuck with me about a lion's den. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but I was like, Ooh, yep. you're a yeah. far more brave man than <laughs> yep. me, bro. Like, yep. ha. yeah. So I've, so I, I mean, I, that's an experience that like the on it crowd doesn't really need to talk about that or hear about that. You know, that's something for a different, you know, a different kind of bucket. And right. I, and I know I'm not even fully ready to go all the way in. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm completely transparent. So I've talked about it cause I just can't help but talk about right. it. And I don't mind that. But like eventually if I really want to write a book about like what that experience is like, how to deal and confront with like your demons of jealousy and possession and attachment and all of these things that I was just stewing in like a fucking rabbit that wasn't dead in a pot desperately trying to claw out. But, you know, just getting fucking roasted, which is some of the positions that I found myself in. You know, it's it's a really interesting topic that probably eh, won't add a lot of value to on it. Well, no, that's super fair because I think, and, and I'm I feel that I'm very similar in that sense where you know people look that I'm one of the main faces of Black Rifle Coffee. Everything I do might not be completely in line with the mission statement at Black Rifle, yep. even though I super agree with it. But I might go out and make a crazy song or a crazy skit that might not resonate specifically to the 55 year old woman that wants to support veterans. And obviously, I'm a part of that in Black Rifle Coffee, but you know, I'm also kind of a crazy motherfucker that wants to have the most irreverent content out there and be free and, and say <laughs> yeah. that stuff. So there is that different, definite um, separation of brand that you have to create and kind of navigate that. It can be hyper challenging because mm -hmm. whatever you do as an individual, Google Aubrey Marcus, CEO yeah. on it, on it must think that we're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, like right. not the CEO or the mission statement of that means that when you went and had an open relationship, you're preaching in on it that, Hey, have alpha brain and go, fuck everybody you know like <laughs> right right so it's like it's kind of that navigation of that it has been a challenging aspect of my own personal life and probably a far more smaller scale because you know evan is the ceo um but i definitely understand it yeah and, and i think the the way to mitigate that is just to be fair and just be like look alpha brain's not for everybody psychedelics aren't for everybody and for goddamn sure the open relationship isn't for everybody <laughs> yeah. you know like a hard yeah like it's it's hard to do you know a heavy psychedelic journey like an open relationship is like a psychedelic journey that never ends, you know, because it just keeps coming up over and over again because your sweetheart, the woman you love, is going to have sex with some other savage, you know, and like that, like that takes a long time to get over if it ever I got jealous for if you. It so. kinda, if it ever does. If it ever does. You know, if you're going to if you're going to live life, like, why not? provoke situations like this to see how you react no doubt because man. i'm curious i no want to know how i would react take but the that would involve me actually loving something <laughs> 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 but that's the thing right it's, 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 it's your journey right it's your journey and a lot of people probably disagree with that and i think something that people have to understand is what you do in your own journey even like I'm not in an open relationship and I'm not going to be in an open relationship, but I value that you had the courage and honesty to do what you wanted to do to grow as an individual. Just because there's disagreements doesn't mean that we can't get along and see that process. Sure. They're like, I shit, man, I'll go out on a date with seven girls with you and my wife and we'll see what you like all day, man. I'll hang out with you. I love you. <laughs> but like, no one's going to fuck my wife. Like, you know, like I get it, that's dude. the way I look at it. So it's just, it's, it's, I hope people become more understanding that people are going to live different lives and hopefully you've influenced people to chase their own dreams. If that's what they wanted to be an open relationship or, you know, how people say we come out as being gay. That's all. Do you, man? doesn't mean everybody has to agree with it or do it, but you don't have to be hateful towards someone else's journey that doesn't, isn't completely in line with your own. Yeah. And I think when people are hateful, they're, they're afraid. 
You know, right. yeah, of course, Joe Rogan. Fear. Joe Rogan had that joke like all the people who are coming out against gay marriage are secretly afraid that dicks are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like it's like if you, if you're you got to be a little bit afraid if you're going to hate on somebody else. I mean, people are just living their life, trying their things, and especially when someone's. I could get people being upset if I'm like the only way is open relationship. Right. I'm yeah. like, no, bro, I got my fucking ass kicked. Yeah, I had some great times too, but like it was. It was perilous and brutal. Dude, I've served with gay people that are like fucking outruck me and shoot people in the face way better than me. And I'm like, how am I going to hate on that dude? He's way more exactly. of a gangster than me. Like, hey, exactly. fucking do so, you, bro. So it's just great. understand that like everybody's – we're all figuring it out. And nobody's – as long as we're not trying to push something on somebody else. Yeah. But what's like, the let's definition have some of lunacy in that one? Be, being stuck in the same monotonous thing where you're unhappy and they're the ones hating on you because right. you decided to try something different. It's like, look, I'm just not – well, they're scared that they're scared that maybe they they would like it, you know? and I think that's what they're thinking. And it's the same thing about dicks being delicious. Like I think a lot of the people hating, and I get tons of hate for being in an open relationship. They're scared that they may like somebody fucking their wife, or they're scared that they may like like you know going out and sleeping with somebody else. They're they're like afraid to actually acknowledge these thoughts that are they're keeping repressed in the hidden shadows. It goes back to indoctrination. Yeah. We were taught this. Mm-hmm. We created it. We came up with it. Doesn't well, I, mean it's right. Well, I think there's problems in that as well, right? Because whatever they define themselves and let's just say use the word tribe, it's a little overused, but you know, in their social setting, people might disagree with that statement or being an open relationship. So they don't want to do that or whatever it is because they might be judged by their quote unquote peers. But if your peers are going to judge you for your own personal journey towards happiness, well then they're probably not the right peers for you. They're not the right. They're not the right friends. Yeah. And that's the, that's the interesting thing is like, People, people choose friends from weird criteria. You know, it's like sometimes it's just like, yeah, I just bumped into this dude 10 years ago, you know, and yeah. you're, like, you're still friends. You're like, why are y'all still friends? <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, it's like people will break up with a, a bad girlfriend or a bad boyfriend. Like, oh, we broke up. You know, we're done. We're not good for each other. But people don't break up with their friends. That is, that is very true. Like, you should be able to break up with your friends and be like, hey, man, like, I love you, but, you know, it's, we're better apart. I have, like, a weird tier system as far as who I trust the most where I can be super honest because I'm sure in your, your same similar situation, being a public figure, you know, I've said things that are like, man, I don't really like the lemon-lime soda water. And then that turns into I hate all soda waters and everybody that drinks it is a bigot fuck. And I'm like, <laughs> I did not say that. And it's just like, it's crazy. So it's like, those are the people when I find out that are like spreading rumors about me or even taking confidential information and, and putting it out. I'm like, well, you're not a friend then. So like, we're not going to be friends. Just yeah. Done. Keep the circle small. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's, you can forgive them in your heart, but also have the discretion to be like, no, no, you don't, yeah, get, they hit you, you in the face close. of the board. And I'm like, Hey, no worries, but you're never going to hit me in the face of the board again. Exactly. It's pretty simple. Exactly. Like you're out of that, you know, you have the discretion to keep them at a distance. You should just go on like a life coaching session with Aubrey for a while. JT. I, I, I will. And I'll report back. Like, because we can report what's happening. Maybe this is for your book that you're already working on. You can just go have some crazy experiences and uh, hang out in Austin. Hey, it'll be a good time. We will set it up. Uh, yeah, because I definitely got to da- download you on this last uh, this last weekend. I'm fucking ready. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I know what your downloads involve. And they involve things that I'm also interested in. So let's go. Are you guys at on it planning to open up any more like gyms or facilities outside of the Austin area? Because I know you have the new mixed martial arts um, mm-hmm. studio per se or gym, which is phenomenal. I've trained there once or twice mm-hmm. with uh, Andrew Craig, great, great boxing coach. And so um, do you have any plans to, to expand that it's side of it? It's interesting, you know. I mean, I think there's so much blue sky still in the direct-to-consumer and just selling the equipment and selling all that and then um, keeping that keeping that facility 
just our home base. But there's a lot of interest in other people opening that up. I think we just need a smaller footprint because the HQ is like a it's like a mecca. You know, it's yeah, like the big gym, and then it's got the sports performance gym, and then it's got the MMA gym, and it's just such a massive thing that it's hard to figure out how to reproduce that until we actually make a smaller one. So, or actually, we own a, a chain of yoga studios called Black Swan Yoga. Huh? And that's actually probably going to be the most rapid There's expansion. There's one right next to where I live. Yeah, yeah, one came, yeah, one came in here in the San Antonio. So okay. now we got four in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, they do hot yoga? Dallas, Denver. Hot yoga with infrared. What? Yeah. So I'm about that life. I've never done an infrared one. Oh, I went into one because I, I had a girl convince me to go to yoga. I'm like, this gay ass shit, whatever. Like 10 minutes in, I was like shaking and sweating. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's like so that's probably and those studios are donation based, so they're which is cool because you would think that everybody would take advantage of that, like when you leave the Halloween. But they're thing donation outside. based? Yeah, so everything's donation based. So it's just a suggested donation of ten bucks to go do yoga there. Right. So it ends up on average being like nine dollars and ten cents we get per person. So we lose ninety cents. But that attitude of like you can do yoga for free if you want. Interesting. But, you know, it's up to you to pay yeah, us. But you guys what also you have think. products and stuff in there too, as well. So not really. Oh, really? Not okay. really. You know, it's mostly just yeah. We got like water bottles that you know people can and yoga mats and stuff. But I think because it's yoga and because like probably the people doing yoga have a little bit more of an open mind and are, you know, like yeah, somebody could go steal a yoga class, but it's still a yoga class that right. they're stealing. You know, if it was like stealing cheeseburgers, I think we'd be out of business like yeah. in a fucking hurry, you know. But, um, yeah, it's just a really cool model that I think fits with the ethos of that of that practice. Speaking about water bottles real quick, I've been on the road for like a week and a half. It is a fucking monopoly in hotel rooms. I literally need to pull out a loan because how much yeah. water I drink, $9 mm -hmm. bottles of water. And by the end of my New York trip, I drank 20 water bottles in my hotel room. And I'm like, oh, holy wow. fuck, that's a lot of money. Yeah. All in water. I know. All in water. Wow. And New York water. Useless sink. information I just gave you guys. But I really wanted to <laughs> yeah. say that. It's a racket. I, 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 yeah. I just went it's to crazy. the toilet now. You drink out of the toilet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's free. <laughs> it's free. I mean, yeah, dogs, the same. dogs can do it. Yeah, it tastes the same. It's good, for your, good for your gut just bacteria. Put a lemon in there. <laughs> you know, He's taking the probiotics. Let me, let me tell you an interesting time. fucking military story. All right, so Germans are, in, uh, Germans are in an Arab country, and I don't know what they were doing there, but they were getting dysentery, like bad dysentery. This was around World War II. So they're getting bad, bad fucking dysentery. Their stomachs were just like rotting and people were dying. And then they watched the local Arabs. And when the Arabs would get dysentery, they would hang out by the camels. And then as soon as a camel took a shit, they would eat the camel dung and then they would be cured. Right. And so the Germans Is it like were, a probiotic in the shit. Yep. So then the Germans were looking and they're like, well, fuck, like we're like dying over here. And these Arabs are like eating camel shit. Unsen camel shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're eating camel shit and they're living. And so then they started eating camel shit and then it started to work. And then they made like a camel shit stew. This was before penicillin and everything came out. So there's no treatment for dysentery. Yeah. I was like, I'll stick to the $9 hotel yeah, water yeah. bottles. So they made a but, camel you know. shit. They made a camel shit stew. And, and then they would drink that and they actually like cured dysentery for the army, which is really fucking interesting. And then when you actually do further study, there's a super aggressive bacteria that competes with the pathogenic bacteria in the gut that they were able to, uh, that they're able to find 
from the camel dung. That's amazing. But we should probably suggest people go to the ER or something <laughs> if they have that. Just don't go to your local camel well, shit distributor you your, and if eat if a you chunk. Find, if you got a camel, if you're in a fucking pinch <laughs> yeah. and that camel drops one. <laughs> no, I got double dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know why I brought that up, but I just read it like two days ago. I brought up a story about water, so that was, was cool. fucking yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, well, if you have bad water somewhere, you know. Also, I've realized on the road how cold Washington water is because, you know, I take a cold shower usually after my sauna in Texas, which is like not cold. It's so I just cranked it in Washington all the way cold. I was like, ah! like a little or Chicago. Yeah. yeah, it's like a you got a cold yeah. plunge in your bathtub anytime you want. If you're yeah, in Chicago, that's, that's no joke. No, <laughs> joke. nobody, nobody needs to buy a cold plunge in Chicago ever. Got or Green it. Bay. You got it. You got it. <laughs> any of those permanent uh, <laughs> states over there that are cold as fuck. Have yeah. you been following uh, uh, Wim Hof? Have you been? Yeah, we've done. Uh, I've done a couple podcasts with him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, he came to our house. We got a couple thousand pounds of ice, and he, we did an event for on it where we put a bunch of ice in my swimming pool. And he did this whole like workshop where we did all the breathing, and then we did the cold immersion. And he's a badass. Yeah, that guy is incredible, man. I watched that. There's a documentary on him that I think might be on Amazon or Netflix or whatever it was. I watched it probably six months ago or whenever. Mm-hmm. And so I downloaded the app, and I'll do breathing exercises. And my my pool here in San Antonio stays cold. Uh, pretty much about to June one. And then mm. after about July, it's like 80 degrees in that thing. So it's, it works for a cold plunge typically through the, the winter months. But after that, it's just kind of a lukewarm. So bath. I, I got a, I just got a chest freezer, put it on its back, right? Cocked it and then filled it with water. And then there's like a thermo, there's like a thermometer gauge that you can attach that'll mm-hmm. tell it. Cause otherwise it'll freeze solid and it's right. going to fucking block of ice. And so I keep it around 45 degrees. And so I just lay in this and it only costs like 400 bucks yeah. and you put hydrogen peroxide in it to clean it. Right. Eventually you have to drain it, but you yeah. have hydrogen peroxide, 45 degree water. And then I cold plunge in my garage next to my clear light sauna. That that's is a far better way. I looked at my hack. Yeah. That is awesome. That's the move. Yeah, that it's is a so great nice hack. too. And there's different two different ways to do it. One, you need a buddy to do it with, and that's when you go full head submersion. Right. Because when you submerge your head, you have to watch the risk of what's called shallow water blackout. So yep. you could actually black blackout out and drown. Right. Yeah. right. So only do this with a buddy, but get anybody who you're with to come over there and just be like, hey, you know, watch me while I do this. You go under, you submerge. It's important to submerge the eyes. And it causes what's called the mammalian dive reflex. And then your heart rate starts to really slow down. And like all of these neurochemical and physiological hormonal changes start to happen from the mammalian dive reflex. And so like no matter how stressed you are, no matter how like right. high your pulses, you'll just literally feel it in your chest. Like do 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 as you're underwater and jaws comes up it's and crazy. Fucking eats you. <laughs> it's crazy well the funny thing is uh, there's a place in seattle which i typically go to when i'm out there i actually took jared there last time really was, fun and they've got they've got what i think they've got a cold plunge it's yeah. like 48 50 degrees then they've got a salt water you know salt water tank and they've got a really hot dry sauna like it's it's a it's a russian bathhouse essentially is what it is Great. but you've got Everything you can do is right there. So I would do these, you know, what in my case, like a monster workout a few days or a few years ago. And then I would go there the very next day and just go from like cold plunge to the really hot sauna to the wet sauna to the salt water bath and just do this rotation for like 
hours. And you feel just fucking go amazing. No, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And it's amazing. I've taken my wife there. I've taken people from the company there. Every time we're in Seattle, and everywhere I go, I'm like, man, why is there not a place like this in every main city in America? Because it's it's amazing. You walk out of there and you're you're a new man. Like you're an absolute new man. You can go upstairs. You can do like roll out. They've got massage. They've got all this all this stuff. It's right there in one location. You walk out of there. You're completely like renewed. Completely renewed. We've talked That's about other. a lot of shit. Talked about psychedelics and supplements and all that. Like there's so much you can do with air, with yeah. breath, with like just exercise, with movement, with cold, with hot. You know, like these basic things that we fucking take for granted with sex. Like, you know how good sex is for you? Like across the board, like all That's of these good. things. I try to have a lot of all, it. So yeah, all of these things. Yeah, I'm going to try and all, up all, my dosage. <laughs> yeah. All of these things are fucking really, really good for you. You get these basic things right, like in sunlight, like you were mentioning, yeah. to, to get your circadian rhythm right when you get out there and immerse yourself in as much sunlight as possible right when you wake up. And then salt. You know, like salt used to be one of the most precious things. That's where, like, the word salary comes from. It comes from the Latin salarium. It was an allotment of salt because you're marching around, you're sweating, you don't have your salt, you're going to be fucking cramping up, your army's not going to go anywhere, and you're going right. to be fucking killed. You know, like salt, we just take salt for granted, but, like, that's putting that back in your water, getting those electrolytes. Like, so many things are so basic and so helpful that you don't need all the, all the, like, the super fancy stuff, but the super fancy stuff is fucking great. And it works, but like everybody, I just encourage everybody, get the basics right. Get the hot, cold, breath, light, you know, sex, exercise in any way you can, and then start, you know, adding on from there. Sex is always far more healthy if they don't have like herpes or that kind of stuff. So we should put out there, <laughs> yeah, practice right. safe healthy. sex, you know? Yeah, yeah more healthy. <laughs> well, it depends, you know. <laughs> have you put on retreats with like brought people out and put on retreats where you just you mentioned it with Wim Hof and a few other things, but have you ever done it for other people? Like- yeah, it was an interesting segue from a sex conversation. I didn't know where you were going with that. But yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no Do you sex, sex retreats because no. we want to go. No There's rumors, <laughs> but they're not true. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like being in, an, and I'll answer your question, but being in an open relationship, people just assume that I've just been having sex like the whole time. Like I've had, <laughs> like I was in an open relationship for five years. I had maybe like four partners in five years, maybe five, you know, like, it's like not that many, you know, and same with my party. People think it's like a fucking swingers sexathon. Like every Thursday we get like fucking people who have flyers <laughs> yeah, and fucking going down like a German sex club. Like that's, that's not what it is. So all of these things that people that's are talking everything, about, the, the perception versus reality. perception versus reality. Yeah, it's, is like, not, it's like, it's like, yeah, not fucking uh. it. But yeah, so we do host retreats. Um, I used to host them like individually. But now I have a year-long mastermind called the right. Fit for Service Mastermind. So we meet four times a year and bring out the best teachers, go through different practices. Last time we were in Tulum, we did a traditional temascal, which is like a sweat lodge. So that's like imagine a steam room and a sauna, you know, but it lasts for two, like over two hours. And there's like, it's completely dark and you're singing songs and prayers and it's hot and wet and there's herbs and it's fucking, it pushes you to the brink where you question whether you're going to, you're going to make it, you know, but if you're with a proper guide, you know, you know that they have the experience to let you know. And you're also with your buddies. So if you like pass out, they can, yeah, I'm like 30 minutes in my 140 sauna and I'm yeah. smoked. So I don't know about that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's designed to push you, like push you yeah. to the limit and that's the medicine of it. So we, you know, we all went down there to, uh, to Mexico, the traditional 
in North America, it's called the Ninipi, which is a sweat lodge, which is like a little teepee. Uh, not really a teepee, but it's like a little hut that they cover with blankets and, mm-hmm. then, and made out of wood. In Mesoamerica, it's made out of uh, like concrete and brick. And so in some ways, it's even hotter. And then they bring in hot stones and then they pour water over the hot stones and a really fucking cool thing. But that's just an example of like one of the transformational experiences that you know we'll do as this kind of group this fit for service fellowship and it's just fucking rad because as you guys know when you go through hard shit with people like those people become your homies like if if they make it through there and they're breaking down and like people are opening up to like the thing because things come up when you're going through hard shit like that you know and you just feel bonded with them you know and so like as this as the year has gone along i just feel like when i get to meet with these guys and girls i feel like i'm just like meeting with my friends and it's really fucking cool. Whereas when I used to do the one-off weekends, it was like, hey, can I get a picture with you? And right. can I do this? And so it felt like like fan relationship. Now mm-hmm. I feel like it's yeah. a friend relationship. And right. I really like that better. And actually Christian, who came here with with us here, he was he was one of the original members from that group. And so like I've met just rad people. And then they've transcended that kind of fourth wall i guess you would say if you're an actor of like right. of like now they're just part of the they're part of the family and that that feels fucking cooler to me yeah that's super cool that's like, awesome mm-hmm. well shit so, i think we're about time unless we want to get into anything else no i think that uh, that sums up our first episode with guest number one number one guest. number one guest number one, number one guest, guest. Um, I I will say, you guys, check out Aubrey. I know because something I think at top level people are probably intimidated by how much all this like hallucinogenic stuff is. And and I was that way at first. But you're a very interesting human. And I think you have a lot of positivity that you spread. So Mm -hmm. I I would suggest, guys, check out Aubrey. Check out On It. Phenomenal group of guys. Um, And always thank you so much for coming down, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Great to make a a home visit for all you guys here, man. Great to see it. Here in the community college. (laughs) (laughs) and we're we still want to fire dave but he's still around for some reason (laughs) thanks everybody peace (laughs) later guys